You're listening to Agency Highway. This is a podcast for agencies that want to grow their business and work less. Agency Highway is sponsored by Content Snare, a platform that helps digital agencies gather content from clients without digging through a storm of emails, huge attachments, and messy Google Docs. Sign up at contentsnare.com and use the chat widget to say you heard about Content Snare on Agency Highway, and you'll get a 30-day trial instead of the typical 14. Now, here's this week's episode. G'day and welcome back to another episode of Agency Highway. Today, it's episode 66 with Ben McAdam, uh, specifically without an S on the end. I've been very much instructed not to put the S on there because everyone does it. Ben, thanks for coming on, mate. Great to be here. Uh, we, I don't remember where we met originally, but I feel like we've been in the same online communities for a long time. Uh, we've been to various Dynamite Circle events, which happens to be one of my favorite online communities, and um, they have live events all around the world. Um, if you're interested in that, I'll link it up in the show notes below. But yeah, Ben, give us a bit of a background about what you do, because I'll butcher it if I try to do it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, so I, I think we've uh, we've met at the Dynamite Circle events and like the ones that uh, I've been running on the Gold Coast as well. Um, and uh, it's, which it's were amazing, by the way. It was basically just drinking for like five days with, with a bunch of entrepreneurs in a couple of mansions. Which I mean, if you're listening to this and you are from uh, Australia, I would recommend getting involved in that. <laughs> Hit me up and I'll let you know how because it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's good fun. Um, Anyway, uh, to, to answer your question, uh, what I do, I'm a profits coach. So it's kind of my idea to help business owners, uh, my job to help business owners grow their profits, um, free up some time, actually achieve their goals and have a bit of a clue about what their numbers actually mean and how to use them to make the business better. Yeah, nice. Because I guess that's a pretty, I mean, most of us are lacking in that. I, you know, I try to be pretty good with, you know, checking reports and stuff every so often. But when we get busy, it's very hard to remember to stay on top of that kind of thing. And that's why we need people like you, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at, at least those reports are somehow happening uh, without you. That, that actually puts you ahead of quite a lot of people. <laughs> well, I mean, I use that term loosely. It's pretty much just jumping into zero and, and digging through some numbers to make mm. sure our like costs aren't blowing out or like I haven't, you know, I'm not spending money in places I shouldn't be. But so mm. I know a lot of what you talk about is finding profit without selling more because the default is to start, you know, if you want more money to sell more, get more clients, right? So what, how do you recommend getting more profit without just the default selling more? Yeah, so a lot of clients that I start working with and just a lot of business owners like in the Dynamite Circle events, um, I tend to find like they're working really hard and they don't feel like they're earning enough. Hmm. Um, I've never heard that before. Ever. Never heard it before, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I've run a couple of agencies. I know the feeling. Um, and the, the kind of solution that people always go to for how to get more money, how to get more profits, just like, Oh, I've just got to sell more. That's the solution. Empty bank account. Oh, out we go. Let's go sell. Um, and it's a very reactive thing. Um, Mm -hmm. whereas there's a number of other reasons why you could be in that situation and a number of other reasons, uh, a number of methods to get out of that situation. Um, And in the worst case scenario, it's like you're super busy, you don't have any time to fix the situation and you don't have any money to put towards fixing the situation (laughs) either. Um, 
It's kind of dangerous too, by the way. Like I just was thinking, it just jogged a thought of mine because I've seen people do this where if they've got no clients or something, not no clients, but they need clients quickly, they'll almost say yes to anything. And Mm. often that can put you in a position that costs you more money than it saves because then, then you get in because you end up with a bad client, you know, for example. Yeah. Absolutely. Or you discount because you're desperate for the money to come in and then suddenly you've got an unprofitable job and you're too busy doing that to find a better one. Yeah. Um, So I found like the lead domino, the thing that gets people out of this situation and starts more of a virtuous cycle to get them out um, is an exercise I call the quick profit hunt. Okay. Um, It's... There's a PDF available on my website, but I can just walk people through it live if you, if uh, you want. Yes. Um, of course, we will link up to the PDF uh, and I'll get that off you later. Actually, what is the URL? Can you say it off? It? Is it easy? Or not? <laughs> yes, it's profitscollective.com. Okay. And it's just there on the homepage. Oh, boom. Easy. And we'll also link that up at agencyhighway.com slash 66 and everything else we talk about during this episode will be there along with a transcript if you do feel like you need to jump into that later on. So let's let's walk through it, Ben. All right. So the idea of this is where we're not looking at selling more. So we're not looking at the revenue side of the profit equation. We're looking at the expense side. We're thinking, okay, what are you spending money on that you shouldn't be or that you don't need to? Uh, all that you could pause for a little while. So the way the exercise works is you grab uh, your bank statements or your credit card statements or you crack open your bookkeeping software if that's up to date, somewhere where you've got a list of all the things you've spent money on for the past one, two, three, six months, if you want to go back that far. And uh, and you go through each of those and you, you ask a question of each of those. Um, in simple terms, it's, you know, do I need this? Do I need exactly this? Yeah. But there's like five things you can do. So what I usually recommend people do is actually get printed statements or something and they just put a little mark next to each of them. And you could put like a a tick sign to say, yes, I need this and I need exactly this. I'm quite happy with what I'm spending here. I don't need to make any changes. Um, You could put a cross next to it and say, I don't need this at all. It can be cut completely. Uh, You could put a minus sign to say, I don't, quite need this amount or you know maybe i can downgrade the number of users i've got on this particular software program Um, so you can lower that thing Um, or you can put a plus sign uh, that yes actually this thing is helpful i should Mm -hmm. be spending more on this like for example marketing that's working Um, you might want to spend more on that Um, so for each of the things you find on your bank statement you go through and you do one of these options on it just mm. quickly go through it, make snap decisions. Um, mostly your gut decision will be, will be right. The point is to just clear through this as quick as you can. And then afterwards you go back and you start taking action on each of those things. That makes sense. I've, I've kind of 80-20'd this in the past. If um, By 80-20, of course, I mean like trying to get 80% of the results with 20% of the work. Um, <laughs> and if you are coding expenses properly in your accounting software it makes this unbelievably easy so i these days i can just jump into zero pull open my uh profit and loss and wind it back 12 months you know you said sometimes you know six months might be if you want to go back that far i mean it's very easy for me to go back 12 months using this Mm -hmm. method because it's all there on one grid and i can just have a look and see if any cells 
So actually just to sort of build the picture better, down the left-hand side, we have a bunch of rows which are like software expenses or um, supplier expenses or marketing or motor vehicle. So it's all the different expenses. Um, and then the months are the columns. So then I can see how, at, you know, on, in May, how much we spent on motor vehicle stuff. And then it's very easy to spot anomalies and see like, wow, we spent like a couple of grand on something this week, uh, this month, you know what, and go in and dig in and see if there's anything crazy. So this is how I've kind of 80, 20, all of this. And there's one, one part of this, uh, that I, I curious to get your thoughts. Cause I almost swing the opposite way. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, with software, especially and tools and whatever, actually, you know what, any, any expense, I see it as a time saving more than a cost. Like Mm -hmm. I, I think sometimes it can be really detrimental to think of the cost of something in terms of like, this is costing me $50. Whereas I try to look at it as, uh, this is saving me two hours and for $50, that's totally worth it. Uh, so yeah, I mean, is that, I'm guessing that's how you actually come up with your plus sign minus sign. Like if it's saving you time, it gets a plus, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you're pretty sophisticated with this stuff and fairly advanced. You'd be surprised. Like most people don't even have bookkeeping, um, for the first however many years of their business. Um, and they haven't done this exercise. Like if you do this exercise, it kind of subconsciously trains you to never take on the expenses that are unnecessary in the first right. place. And so you can't, you find you, the first time I might do it with a client, I might find them thousands of dollars in extra profit a year, you know, hooray. Right. <laughs> and the, ne- the next time you do it, it might only be hundreds. And then the third time you do it for the client, you barely find anything because right. it's, it's like a, a thing that kind of highlights to them. You know, if you if you save someone thousands of dollars the first time, then they remember, oh wow, I I need to pay more attention to the expenses I'm <laughs> signing up with because obviously I sign up to thousands of dollars too many. Yeah. Um. So it does it does help. Um. So and, it's, it's to find the truly just stuff that you really shouldn't have signed up to. That's that's yeah. the purpose. Yeah. Yes, I I'm not like most accountants who have like a default position of. Let's reduce them as much as possible. Lean. Yeah. Let's go super, super lean. Um, I definitely more with you. Like that's why there's the plus sign in there for some of the expenses yeah. because you know they're good and they're helpful. Um, I tend to find that there's software subscriptions people forget to remove users when a team True. member leaves is like a big one, or yeah. they've replaced the, the software with something else. They've migrated to something else, and then they've forgotten to cancel the old one. It's like just the little things that slip through the cracks tend to add up when they're recurring expenses. But overall, I'm very much in favor of you're spending that money to get the value out of it. Yeah. And so I'm usually one of the big arguments I have with people is I say, all right, how much are you spending on marketing? And they say, Oh, you know, a hundred dollars. Like, okay, how hard is it for you to get leads and how hard is it for you to convince them to sign up? And they say, well, actually, yeah, it's really, really hard. Like, yeah, go spend some more money on marketing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, also you said many people uh, don't have bookkeeping set up and I guess like 
this is almost a, a really good opportunity to say like that's something almost every business should. I don't know. Do you believe that? Like, <laughs> cause I just find like it's these days it's so easy to have a good system set up like zero mm-hmm. and it's not even that expensive. Like this is all the exact same thing. You know, people might not sign up for zero because it's $60 a month or whatever the hell mm-hmm. it is, you know, but there's, that's going to save you more than $60 and it's going to save you mucking around with like spreadsheets for your bookkeeping. For mm-hmm. example, that's like a perfect, perfect example i feel yeah absolutely um i'm a big fan of zero in particular mm-hmm. um 60 dollars a month is like i mean that'll save you hours every yeah. month it's it's a no-brainer amount of money unless you're just starting and you like bootstrapping and you barely have any money at all um zero is something that will save some money mm. um even if you do it yourself initially, you don't have to pay a bookkeeper. It's yeah. got a lot of automated systems, particularly mm-hmm. for agencies. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's, it, it's just worth spending the money. It also saves like your accountant when you're doing your tax returns or, or your quarterly BAS for the, uh, the Australians in the audience. Um, it saves you having to pay your accountant or a bookkeeper to do that stuff. And it oh, also... Yeah also saves a bunch of mistakes related to all those things. So it's, it's worth a lot more than it seems. Yeah. I feel like our accountant bills are, are way lower than I expected at this point in our business for that exact reason, because mm. now, I mean, they hit a couple of buttons in zero and it can dump all the information that they need. So, yeah. yeah. Um, although like we're probably going to put everyone to sleep if we just keep talking about accounting software. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's, what, um, what are some other ways we can, like, obviously we're talking like about cost here quite a bit. I know um, mm-hmm. offline before you mentioned like hidden costs. What, uh, like, do you want to dig into that? Yes. Yep. So the, the quick profit exercise uh, that I walked people through said, you know, have a look at your bank statements, have a look at your bookkeeping, but there's another cost that doesn't actually show up on there. Um, and to kill the suspense, it's productivity. Okay. Um, and it kind of shows up there. Like if your staff are really, really slow, then you have to pay them for many hours to get the same result as if your staff were a bit faster. Um, but it's mainly a personal productivity of the business owner because you can, many of us don't pay ourselves an hourly rate. Um, many of us, We'll just pull out the money whenever we need it. <laughs> you know, we don't have a set, you know, here's your salary and we're going to pay retirement benefits and all sorts of other payroll stuff. Um, so it's really easy to miss how your own efficiency and productivity can be uh, a big cost for the business. Um, even if you do realize, and I mean, you've got some amazing stuff that you do with Zapier to, to help save time. Thank you, sir. Um, even the people that do kind of realize, oh, yeah, I, I better be really efficient at what I'm doing. They might be working on the wrong things, um, either because they don't know what the right things are or because like they're self-sabotaging and got some mental mindset blocks or something like that, um, or they're just distracted and they haven't hired a team to take them away from the day-to-day fires so they can mm-hmm. do the stuff that only the business owner can do. Um, and if you think about it, is that if you're, say, for example, a, a web agency um, is listening to this and they're doing the design work or they're writing the code themselves, the time they're spending doing that is time that nobody is signing up the next client. For a lot of agencies, they don't have salespeople. It's just them or them Mm -hmm. and some people that help with the design and development. Absolutely, yep. 
And uh, so if you think about, I could pay a designer $100 an hour, let's say, keep it simple. Um, and they spend three hours doing this thing, $300. Oh, $300, that sounds like a lot of money. I could go to a fancy restaurant for a few times <laughs> on that kind of money. Maybe I'll just do it myself. I'll just work a little later. Yeah. But in those three hours, you could have potentially signed up a $10,000 plus client. Right. With all the little bits of outreach and the sales meetings and proposals, if you like doing that sort of thing, um, you could have been signing up a $10,000 client, which is worth paying $300 to someone for a chance to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I think the DIY mindset is one of the biggest things that, you know, like that causes problems in business. And I still do this a lot, you know, like sometimes I'll dig in and muck around with something in WordPress when I know I shouldn't be, uh, <laughs> you know, because I can, which I think is, a, is like a more of a curse than a blessing to be able to do this stuff. Like I know people that have no idea how to do anything in WordPress and mm-hmm. they just pay someone to do it. And I'm kind of envious of that because I'm just like, <laughs> then I, like I wouldn't be spending this time myself. Um, yeah. So, I mean, this, this comes down to systems and processes and automation, right? And mm-hmm. which is why I, I bang on about it so much because it is such a big cost to businesses is when you're not being as effective as you should be, uh, you know, we're doing stuff that you shouldn't be exactly like that and taking time away from actually like value, valuable processes that grow your business not, or like valuable tasks or whatever, like sales and marketing, mm. uh, which is the stuff that actually grows your business. And you also mentioned something there on like briefly just on staff productivity. Um, I mm. like, I don't think enough people put, so I don't think people put enough emphasis on that too. Cause like, especially in like the developer world, the difference between like an average developer and a good developer is insane. Like someone that you're paying 50 bucks an hour for versus a hundred bucks, it seems like a lot of money, but a lot of time the output of a good developer can be like 10 X an average developer, you know, Mm -hmm. like, so it's, you end up spending just way more hours. Like you said, yeah, definitely something to think about. Absolutely. That, what's the old expression? You pay peanuts, you'll get monkeys. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's definitely worth it. I mean, it requires a certain amount of bravery to test that theory in one's own business. And I forget who said it, like business is the greatest self-development program out there alongside, <laughs> you know, long-term relationships and being a parent <laughs> um, <laughs> is that, you know, there's all all these things you've got to get out of your own way with. Um, And one of them is, you know, raising your prices is an obvious one and, you know, charging what you're worth and things like that. Oh, that's massive. Yeah. I see so many people (laughs) trying to do websites for a thousand bucks or whatever. Yeah. That's a massive one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually did a few websites. I mean, my background is in accounting. I've got a degree around a tax practice, bookkeeping practice and sold them, that kind of stuff. But I like playing around with programming stuff every so often to scratch the itch and um and so i did a couple of websites for people i'm like oh i'm quite sure i'll do it for 500 dollars <laughs> oh yeah um, <laughs> no deal <laughs> it's a recipe for disaster like how what was my what was my hourly rate with all that time i spent was it did I make it to $20 an hour? Yeah, probably, like probably not. Yeah. I feel like everyone has to go through this process though. Like you, yes. I, there's so many people that 
they hear this, you know, they hear people saying, oh, you can't do websites for 500 bucks and this is why. And then they go, nah, bullshit. I can make it work because of <laughs> X and Y. And I was this person. I was 100% this person. In fact, the first like three websites we did were for 500 bucks and I thought they were all going to be awesome. We had a couple of good clients and I was like, I'm totally going to scale this and make it work. And then we had one client that just destroyed the profit of all three jobs, which is very easy when you're only charging 500 bucks. <laughs> and obviously this just scales like even a thousand bucks. It's very easy for that same problem to happen, which is why there's such a, a thing um, around mm. raising prices. So, I mean, what, let's talk about rising prices. Okay. So long, uh, that's where you want to go with this. <laughs> yeah, well, it's there's, there's a, a little bit of maths I walk people through. Very, very simple, I promise. Um, and that helps kind of deal with the main fear they have around raising prices. So the main fear is that if you raise prices, your clients will run away and you won't be able to sign up another one. Um, yeah. They'll all go to someone cheap around the corner. Um some of them will go to the cheaper person around the corner or on Upwork or whatever, and that's fine. You just kind of got to get used to that. Probably better off. You don't want them anyway, yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, people who are out for all that they can get are a pain to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the main fear is that no one, no one will accept their new prices and their customers will leave. Um, you can always test your prices on new customers, and so that fear is pretty easy to put under the microscope and, and examine and you just say to the next client, you say, add an extra five or 10% to what you normally charge. And if they give you the same level of resistance to the old price, well then, you know, you can probably keep charging this one and the next client yeah. you try it again and again and again. And eventually people go, Oh, that's pretty expensive. <laughs> when you're finding a lot of people are doing that, probably time to, bring them back down a little. You found the sweet spot for you. And that's such an easy way to raise prices because that's exactly what we did. You know, I had the exact same fear. And when you're adding 10% to the price, it doesn't feel like much. You don't, Mm. it's not like a $500 to $1,000 or to, you know, $500 to $1,000 jump is double, right? And that seems like Mm. crazy. But if you're adding just like a hundred bucks and whatever, you know, it's a much, it feels easier to stomach. And then before you know it, you'll be at, you know, a pretty good price. Yeah. Yep. And then, so that kind of takes care of that aspect, but then what about your clients that you have already, like raising their prices is, is a bit of a challenge. I know you've got a a price rise letter. Um, Yes. Which I'll be linking up to in the show notes. It's actually one of our more recent uh, blog posts that we've had written about how to tell your clients that you're going to raise your prices. But um, yeah, yeah, what what advice do you have? Um, Mainly want to get rid of the fear because I mean, it's fairly easy to come up with a price. You just look at what other people are charged, charging. You pretend to be a secret chopper and then there you go. You've got a ballpark you can start <laughs> with. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that's what you do, but it's not a mystery. Yeah. Um, there, there are other ways to build a price we can go into later. Um, but then raising the prices. Um, the thing that people are worried about is that clients will leave. Um, and my suggestion is that that's okay to an extent. I mean, if they all leave, that's probably bad unless they're awful. <laughs> <laughs> but um, to use uh, the example you mentioned before of going from $500 to $1,000 for, for a website or let's say it's a service you're doing, content marketing or social media marketing or something like that. Um, if you 
say say a thousand dollars is what you charge, um, and you double your prices to two thousand, um, and half of your clients leave, so you come back down again, and you're back to a thousand, and you've been on this stressful emotional roller coaster. Thanks a lot, Ben. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the thing I would point out is that, yes, you're back where you started, but you've got half the number of clients. Which is so way easier to serve. Way easier. Um, yeah. You've got half the number of costs. You've got half the time requirement. You can go out. You've got plenty of time to go find great clients. Um, so it can be okay if half of your clients run away from you mm -hmm. um, so long as your price rises a certain amount. So yeah. I just want to leave that concept floating in people's brains. Normally they, they go, oh, hey, yeah. <laughs> Man, I would totally take a business with less clients that makes the same amount of money any day. That, I know that's probably strange coming from a guy that runs a software product that's 30 bucks a month. Um, <laughs> slightly different, slightly different uh, thing though because it's like, uh, I guess less service required per client. So it's, it's a bit, mm -hmm. you, know, you can have, you can have lots of clients in that business model. But yeah, like if I was building five websites at a time or 10 websites at a time and making the same amount of money, I'm going to take five every time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I'm, that was a simple example just to get people to open yeah. to the idea that it can be okay. Like the exact amount of a price rise and the exact amount of clients you can be happy that flee you. I've actually put up a, as a simple table in one of my other blog posts. Okay. Uh, it's called still more profitable when clients flee your price rise or something like that. I'll Which we will link up below. Link, yeah. Yep. Um, and it's got the table in there where you can say, all right, what's on one side is, is the percentage price increase you're thinking of doing. And on down on the left-hand side is a thing called your gross profit margin, um, which the post explains. Um, <laughs> but it's basically how much it costs you to deliver that particular website or, or whatever that service is. And then the t it's like a lookup table. You can say, all right, here's the price rise. There's my margin. That's the percentage of customers I can happily lose. And the good news is, is that if you've just started and your prices are quite low, like way too close to your cost of doing the thing for them, um, you can do crazy stuff like you can double your prices and 99% of your customers can flee and you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the good news is, is that if you really have super low prices, you can do crazy things with them and be okay with losing quite a lot of customers. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't actually work in reverse, like the same maths that makes raising prices uh, work out. Um, where you discount or you lower your prices in order to get more customers, really, really hard. Mm -hmm. um, like you have to lower, you have to lower them a tiny bit and get a stack of clients <laughs> for that to actually be a good strategy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and I guess an easy way to describe that too is like if you um, like if you lower your prices, you're only eating the profit not the cost as well. So like if you, if it's $500 of cost to make a thousand, uh, sorry, a thousand dollar website and it costs $500 um, and you drop your prices to $900. So you've decreased your prices by 10%. You actually decrease your profit from 500 to 400, which mm. is 20%. So by reducing yeah. prices, it's, it's way worse than just the 10% that you think you're discounting. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that, margin or profit that you're eating into is the part 
of the job that pays you while you're getting the next one. Yeah. Or it's the part of the job that's paying all of your overheads and your equipment leases and your rent if you have it and software subscriptions and things like that. And, uh, yeah, people can be too eager to dig into that thinking that, oh, if I just lower my prices, I'll be able to sign people up easier. It has to work (laughs) really, really well. Yeah. All right. So we will send, yeah, that this is like a lookup table that I think will be much more uh, obvious when people have a look at it themselves. So we will mm-hmm. link up to this uh, blog post about being happy when customers flee your price rise uh, on Ben's website. <laughs> ben, is there anything else you think we need to cover? Um, I suppose the main thing, something I was going to mention a little earlier when we were nerding out on zero. <laughs> is that uh, you don't actually have to have your bookkeeping up to date to make decisions based on the numbers or to make decisions that are going to increase your profit. Like there are a lot of people that don't have bookkeeping because they're allergic to that kind of thing or (laughs) they just don't believe they should pay someone for it or they've got got some skills themselves or, or, or a spouse that would be able to do it for them. But for some reason, no one gets around to actually doing it. Like there's a lot of resistance to doing yeah. bookkeeping. And, and I've noticed that in a lot of my clients and potential clients and had to come up with ways like this, that blog post with the lookup table so that people could make decisions without the bookkeeping in place. And I think it's, it's worth just noting that you don't have to wait for the bookkeeping to be in place to actually try and improve your business. Like you can even do like back of the napkin calculations of like, okay, I'm going to sell this website for a thousand dollars, add up all the hours or the team or the other things I've got to buy, like stock photos. I'm like, okay, it's going to cost me $500. Um, that's about 50% of the price. Oh, it'd be nice if it was less than a third of the price. Let me try and tweak a few numbers mm-hmm. and nowhere in any of that. Uh, have we opened up bookkeeping software? Yeah. Um, I still think it's super useful to look at the bookkeeping reports, like the profit and loss, at least once a month. Um, but don't let that hold you back, I think is what uh, what I would like to awesome. leave people with. Very good. Uh, very good closing statement. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Ben, thanks for joining me. Where can people find out more about you? Yeah, so my website, profitscollective.com. I'm also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Profits Collective, nice thing to remember. <laughs> yep. Um, I've just created a free Facebook group. I'm putting a bunch of helpful stuff in there, like the Quick Profit Hunt exercise. There's four other ones of different types in there. Mm-hmm. And um, just started that recently, see how it goes. I like helping people and yeah. so it should be fun. Yeah, and a Facebook group is a great place for that. Like it's very easy to, you know, jump in there and answer questions. So mm-hmm. awesome. I hope that uh, works out well. And of course, we'll link that up below. Uh, ben. Again, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. If you're listening to this and you would like some free advice uh, in growing your agency, please reach out to me via the contact form on agencyhighway.com and I will try to find an expert to answer your question. So yeah, go to agencyhighway.com, use that contact form, ask the question and we'll see who we can get on. Thanks again and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Discover how to grow your agency, earn more and work less at agencyhighway.com. Head over there to get resources from this episode and full transcripts. See you next time. This episode was brought to you by Content Snare. If you're a digital agency or just need to get content or info from your clients, Content Snare can help you collect it on time and without enormous email trails. 
Give it a try at contentsnare.com.